This is Johnny Korn, and you're listening to By the Way. Uh, my, uh, you can reach me at uh, johnnycorn.net. Uh, we have the co-host. Introduce yourself, co-host. How you doing? My name is Reggie Shorter. I'm out here um, doing a co-host. Uh, you can reach me at uh, Reggie uh, ReggieShorter.com. Uh, we have producer Dave, who is uh, on the board, so thank you very much for that. Oh, of course. Yeah, you can find me on Grinder. <laughs> Why? Why? Our guest today. Our guest today is Kenny Thomas of Kenny Thomas and the Southern Baptists. Yes. Yes. Uh, where can we find your music? Oh, well, you can find my music all over the place. You could just actually Google Kenny Thomas and the Southern Baptists, and we're on quite a few different pl- platforms. Even stuff I've never heard of. Every every once in a while, I will Google the band name just for fun, and we're on things from other countries I didn't even know existed. But See, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, it's getting us out there. I mean, the bucks are rolling in. We're making millions of dollars. And <laughs> I was just saying, uh, you know, I do a radio show over in uh, Santa Cruz on AM 1080 KSCO, Santa Cruz, AM 1340 KOMY. And uh, I do a radio show. I do quite a few. Uh, whoa, well, thank you. We don't do this in real radio. Uh, <laughs> I saw Elon Musk do this a while back. I'm like, God, I'm jealous. That's a really good looking dude right there. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I, I do a radio show. We were talking about uh, uh, a lot about music when I go on the, the radio show over at uh, KSCO. And um, what was the question? I'm sorry. Now, I, we, we didn't introduce the person you brought with you. Oh, Dan Langevin from the band also from Kenny Thomas and the Southern Baptist. Yes. Yeah, that's me. Hello. All right. Any so, questions? Yeah, okay. So if they want to yes. see you uh, live, like uh, performing, which, by the way, you have to see him live. Uh, this, you're, and I'm going to ask you some questions about that in a minute. But where do they find a calendar of where you're going to be? Oh, well, you know what? We play last year, we played all over the place up and down the West Coast. But this year, we've kind of taken a break. This year, we've had some things happen in the band recently that were. Um, we, we took a break for quite a while uh, over the winter, and then over the winter time, our bass player suffered a mild heart attack. Yes. And yeah. uh, so he decided he's probably not going to play music for a while, so we are looking at a new bass player right now who's a young kid who really likes our stuff a lot. And our old drummer, Michaela, is going to be coming back and playing with us because our drummer, Peter, had to go uh, about and do other things as no, well. A lot, of the, a lot of the band members have other projects or they have businesses they're involved with. Our our guitar, our drummer, Peter Skilge, he's from the band Enemy also, and uh, they're really, really well-known around here. They just bought into the uh, to the franchise of Taco Bravo, the very well-known restaurant oh, nice. here. Hell yeah. And, uh, so to make it a mobile catering uh, business as well and so they just actually bought into that and uh, they're launching that so they're, I, I imagine they're spending a lot of time working on that rather than being able to play gigs now for those of you who don't know Taco Bravo is a Campbell institution uh, they have Delicious. been around for quite a few years and they I, give you a big mess of food for a little bit of money and I that's know. just the greatest thing about it but I say God bless them that's great so we are our old drummer Michaela uh, Hampel is going to be coming back and playing with us and, we'll, and what it is is that we schedule shows really far out ahead of time so at this point we're going to be playing a handful of shows in the santa cruz monterey area later this summer and then we're going to be on television over in santa cruz there's a television station that really liked us last year when we were on oh sure and they want us to come back well and here's the thing that uh we don't know when people are going to hear this podcast so they very well may hear it uh about the time that's going on yeah we'll be on channel 27 uh 
the Santa Cruz Community Television Channel 27, a show called Look Mom, I'm on TV. That's uh, that's going to be September 13th, I believe. So it's still quite a ways off. And then we're playing a, a whole bunch of shows after that and before that around that time. Still have to work in the new bass player and work in uh, – New, the new you know bringing Michaela back and having her relearn the songs and she gets really excited and really we're, we're thinking about next time she plays with us not letting her not letting her uh, be allowed to have any symbols in her, in her <laughs> <laughs> because uh, yeah she really likes those symbols and, she really uh, does <laughs> now, does she have a splash symbol by chance pardon me does she have a splash symbol Oh yeah, that's the thing is that she hits it every two seconds. She just kind of mellow out. <laughs> I'm thinking about making her actually play an electronic drum set, so you know we can control the volume on the uh, <laughs> on the output of it. Now, let's let's go back a little bit. Um, how did you two uh, get into the band? Well, uh, actually, I've known Kenny for quite some time, and uh, when I've heard uh, that he had a CD, I. I, I I've been a fan ever since. I, I listened the first time. Dan and I met years ago when he used to work at the Cactus Club. It was a well, nightclub that used to be in uh, San Jose. And he worked there as a bouncer. And we, we used to hang out off and on years ago. And then we didn't see each other for like, what, 15 years? 15 years. And then we ran into each other at the improv. And I actually, his his wife at the time, the lady he was married to, he's not married to anymore. He has a, a, a new girlfriend now. But uh, the lady that he was married to was a checker at the grocery store that I used to go to at my house near my house all the time and we started talking and it turns out that was his wife and I just thought that was really 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 weird so we all started kind of hanging out again after not seeing each other for like 15 years and he started playing in the band you know? it, it is such a small world and uh, I should probably explain that Kenny used to be the sound guy at the San Jose Improv and actually that's where I met you because I was performing right and I met all you guys at the Improv yeah I was like what they would call like the sound production the director over there yeah I did all of the I did a lot of things that other people weren't able to ever able to pull off for some reason. They just couldn't. Uh, challenging shows. Very I was gonna say incredible. Show. I was gonna say incredible job over there, man. They deal with the different type of personalities and everything for you to sit up there and actually have to deal with you know people that are just starting and people are out though. So that's a good job. Oh, for that, thank man. you so much. Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of fun there, but then yeah. they, I just couldn't be there twenty four hours a day, and that's what they wanted me to yeah. do. I got to work with some legendary dudes, like I was talking about. On KSCO the other day, I was talking about how much fun I had working with John Witherspoon and how scared I was of that dude because he was like one of my first big comics I ever got to work for. Him and Frank Caliendo on the same weekend, and that freaked me out. I mean, John Witherspoon is a legend. He was so cool to me. And we sang we sang Al Green songs together uh, during the, during the uh, mic check every night. He would come out and check the mic and... Because he showed up early, and he was such a character and a fun guy to work with. Guys like that were just cool. It was so much fun. The the good thing about like the San Jose Improv, uh, the time that like I, I was performing there, and I met you, and and Reggie was performing there, and met you, and it's like you've made a lot of like lasting friendships. Oh yeah, I met some really really wonderful people and so many talented people like you guys. I'm I'm very blessed. You know, the other day we we I, we drug David Stolowitz over to KSCO with me. Who's a fellow and, comedian? Yeah, mm -hmm. and he and he loves going over there and be. I want to get you guys over there and uh, do that. It's just I, I really just love genuinely love hanging out with you guys and your friendship and your brotherhood and sisterhood out there. All the crazy ladies that I met over there that are all just the coolest people in the world and. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, one of the things about um, performing is that I admire 
people that are performers that maybe do something different than what I do. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I can't do what Reggie does. I can't do what you do, man. And uh, well, thank you. Uh, But I'm not uh, a musician, though I've played one on TV. Uh, (laughs) And that's actually true. I love that I was able to be part of your shows when when I was able to be part of your shows because uh, people still talk about the New Year's show. Uh, that we did that oh, one yeah, year. Oh, yeah, in Morgan Hill. And we oh, had so yeah. much in there. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are, are people, you guys there are, there are really people in Morgan Hill that I run into that still say, hey, are you guys going to do that? When are you guys going to do that again? They think that's a yearly Dick Clark thing that we were right. doing. <laughs> we and they want to come back. And I said, well, I hate to break the news to you, but they don't even have live music there anymore, or comedy or anything at GBA yeah, anymore. Yeah, really? GBA yeah, was, was The owner really... of the place got really sick, the lady that owns it, oh, Renee. Really? Uh, she Renee Carrillo got very sick, and she had, uh, I believe it was, cervical cancer and uh, she had to go through all these surgeries so she's better now but it just got into the being able to run the business and be there that night she just couldn't do it it was running her into the ground and now let's. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't realize that she was sick. Actually, she wonderful person. Yeah. Wonderful oh yeah, person. she's great. Uh, so let me ask you uh, a little bit um, about your background. Now, how long has uh, the Southern Baptist been together? Oh God, at least now maybe sixteen years with a bunch of different members over the years, and yeah. our sound has changed quite a bit too. A because when we first started. If you go back and you can find some of my really early stuff, it had kind of more of an Americana sound to it. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, but I was always. The, the band that I had before was called uh, Code 47, and we kind of had more of a Steely Dan sound, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was really into singing more soulful kind of stuff. I'm a huge, like, a gigantic Stevie Wonder fan. Anything he did all the way up to 1983, I was into, man. You know, it's like until he got really too commercial back then. So, you know, but his, his stuff in the 80s, 70s, that was like one of my biggest influences. Classic. Al Green, you know, Al stuff Green, like that. Forever. And I wanted it to be more in my music. At the same time, I really enjoy bands like... Uh, like I know you're really into the monkeys. You, I'm a huge Michael Nesmith fan. Yes. I love mm-hmm. Peter Gabriel and Genesis yes. and some of the old prog rock bands like Pink Floyd, Phil Collins. But yeah, Phil Collins, all those guys. I'm really into soul music though. I could talk about soul music all day. I'm talking about obscure bands that I'm into, like Jimmy Soul and some of the albums, album cuts from Sam and Dave. And oh, I love Sam and Dave. I'm into all these, like really, uh, uh, you know, uh, Bobby Womack. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, uh, Teddy Pendergrass. Pendergrass. That's the stuff I grew up listening to. And I was like, you know, the only white kid in the neighborhood, you know, talk, close the door, let Mm -hmm. me know what you've been waiting for, you know. Let me make sweet love to you, baby. (laughs) That's it. Let me do what I want to do. You know, I I was just like, I was that one. I'm sorry, I'll go all day. (laughs) You got it, it, brother. I'll go all day if I start saying (laughs) Danny Pendergrass song. But that was the stuff I grew up listening to. But at the same time, I was buying Alice Cooper records and Graham Parker records and XTC. I thought all music was music, man. You know, I was one of the first kids on the block, period, to own a brand new record from a brand new band that nobody had ever heard of called Run DMC. And the and the song was called Rock Box. And it was a 12-inch single. And rap was this new kind of music that was just coming out where it wasn't called that back in the 70s, even though it was around. They, I believe they called it hus- Hustle, Street Hustle, because mm-hmm. there were guys like back in the 70s, like dudes like Lightning Rod, that was this guy's name. If you find him on YouTube, you would be fascinated by this dude because it was like this hyper jazz stuff 
where this dude was just rapping into the mic mm-hmm. a million miles an hour. And it, like, there are a couple of very recognizable songs this guy had. Lightning Rod. That, that was like the original rap music, man. It was that, that, that album came out in 1974.
if you wanted to uh, you have concerts and such coming up uh, when and where do you like how far ahead of time do you post that stuff Oh, I usually don't start promoting shows until about a month out ahead of time, maybe two months ahead of time. I don't get too crazy with the bookings until they're firmed, until they're confirmed. So. Right, right, right. Well, you're like me in that respect because I don't go um, onto. It doesn't go onto my website unless it's absolutely positively confirmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, because oh, I don't yeah. like yes. to go back there and take it and change it. Right, right. I think it's, it's confusing. Yeah, yeah. nothing, yeah. nothing's worth when when you have a plan and like you have stuff out there and you have people already ready to go and committed, and it's not. A thousand percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, and that does happen. So you got quality control. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you talked about some of your uh, musical influences, one of which uh, we have, in, well, I'm not a musician, but uh, Michael Nesmith. Oh, yeah, Michael Nesmith is a huge influence. Uh, so what, uh, d- d- was it Elephant Parts? Is that how Elephant you Parts, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I loved the monkeys when I was a little kid, too, like everybody did. But I, 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 yes. I, They were great, but I, but when I saw Elephant Parts, I was just blown away Went back yeah. in 1980. Well, you got, people have to understand that that show uh, was revolutionary at the time uh, because music videos really weren't around yet. Right, yeah. Uh, and the Monkeys TV show, I mean, they had music videos in in there too and that's way before it was way before uh, way MTV. before anybody like was doing years. that kind of stuff yeah and Michael Nesmith actually was one of the people that was uh, approached he was actually the one person that was approached about the idea of MTV and was like a, he was a consultant for the original MTV which is interesting because uh, that's how the monkeys ended up becoming uh, big in the 80s is they ended up having a marathon on MTV right they started yeah. showing the old reruns yeah. and then there was this emphasis like children there were kids that were watching MTV all of a sudden discovered the monkeys you know mm-hmm. they hadn't yeah. heard of them you know. that was me yeah. For me, it was Channel 44. Uh, you know, I, uh, we'd come home because we were a block away from uh, school. So my brother and I would walk home, eat our lunch, and then go back, and we could watch the monkeys, and then we knew we had to get back to, after that show was over. Oh, yeah, yeah. That we had to hightail it back to school to be, get there on time, and so that was kind of a neat thing. Uh, awesome. But off topic. Now, let me ask you, uh, how long have you been a musician? Oh, gosh, most of my life since I was a kid, really. I started playing music when I was probably probably 12 what was your first instrument yeah i started you know what i actually started playing the cello in an orchestra and i learned it really quick and the next thing i knew i was the second chair in this all-star long beach school orchestra where it was kids from different schools that were put together in this orchestra and i was playing second chair to a guy that ended up being one of my best friends that ended up playing in some real big punk bands back sure. in the, Yeah, yeah. Nice. So a lot of people from this orchestra grew up to be pretty famous. <laughs> with uh, Kenny, Southern, Kenny Thomas and the Southern Baptists, how did he come up with the name? Oh, just to piss people off, man. We were just, <laughs> yeah. you know, we were sitting around smoking some weed and saying, what's a name that would like piss people off but wouldn't really piss them off? And my, my brother's friend said, uh, who used to play bass for us, he said, uh, how about the Southern Baptists? I said, Kenny Thomas and the Southern Baptist. Oh, I like that. You know, and so we 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 can't. Wow. We, we just did to piss people off, but people act. You know, after a while, they didn't really care. I think maybe one or two people in the sixteen years of question, why do you name the band that? You know. So. Well, I I took it as a little bit ironic because it's not Christian rock at all. No, not at all. And none of the no nobody in my band's like you know. Of course, everybody you know believes in God and all that kind of stuff. Have whatever faith they have and whatever. And but it, that's 
yeah, that's not me at all. I don't. Want no one's Southern Baptist. <laughs> yeah, I'm not writing about anything from the from the Bible, good or bad. You know, really. Right. Well, your it. music uh, touches on so many different uh, topics. I think a lot of my stuff is sad. You know. Yeah. <laughs> when I listen to. It. Well, one of my favorite songs of yours is um, Chocolate. I, I like that song. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, Chocolate's a fun. And that one. that whole album. Yes. Yeah. That song was kind of an accident too, because it just kind of came about where I just had this little keyboard riff in my head, and so I looped it. And then put a beat underneath it, and then started bringing in the band members, and it just came together. Now, how long does it take you to write a song? Oh, uh, sometimes it only takes a couple of days to record something like that if I can get everybody on the same page. And a lot of times, when you hear my music, uh, sometimes on certain songs, ninety percent of the stuff is me doing it. Wow! Especially right. the really weird pieces of music that I, I write—the weird uh, soundtrack type uh, ambient pieces of music that are on our albums. Uh, I, that's mostly me synthesizer stuff and and so you engineering all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, I record and engineer everything in my little Hell small yes. house in the Santa Cruz Mountains. It's about the size of this uh, of the studio here. So so wow. So how do you get your concerts to sound like your albums because they sound almost exactly like? I think yeah. I was lucky that I've had band members that just get it. You know, I say, well, here's how the keyboard part goes, and like the, our last keyboardist, Jim Underwood, just knew he, by listening. He didn't even have to be shown anything he just knew the keyboard parts by hearing them they were simple enough for him to figure out he's a professional keyboardist oh, so. Sure. so that's live yeah yeah when we well with live when when you go to see us live you know we try to nail the songs as close to the the record as possible yeah so you know it's, it doesn't you know we're not kind of going off on a tangent or whatever but uh yeah we a lot of rehearsal yeah. and uh you know we've had a couple of drummers in the last couple of years but you know now we're back to like I think I said earlier, our other drummer is going to come back, so it's a whole relearning process. Yes, and right? you're going to hide the cymbals. Yeah, it's just too much banging, and so I like mm. it a little bit lighter. <laughs> the thing is, I mean, she's an excellent drummer. I mean, I, I will say uh, I've seen why because I've seen you in several different renditions uh, of the group. Um, We've known each other for a long time. Oh, yeah, now. for a long time. I think I've had two drummers. Yeah, time. two drummers, yeah, because yeah. you had her, and then you, had, uh, you switched drummers, and now you're going back to her. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, other people got stuff going on, you know. They have right. to go do. Well, I mean, they're <laughs> they're all excellent uh, musicians in their own right. Oh yeah, and I'm lucky. I've had some really great musicians I've, I've worked with. You know, it's not like a big audition process. It's, if you, hey, do you know this? Can you figure this song out? Sure, and there you go. Well, now there's my new bass player, right? <laughs> so, quick, quick question: If you could work with any uh, artist, dead or alive, who would it be? Dead or alive, who would it be? That's a great question. Cause it comes that I have so many different people that I would right yeah oh my gosh um, maybe like a, like a, a great like Aretha Franklin or somebody like that right you know, or maybe even like a, a Stevie Wonder Peter Gabriel or um, Shock the Monkey yeah yeah like and he does, yeah. his stuff is just incredible his his stuff he does a lot of world music and. Uh, I love Peter Gabriel, Me and too. I won the songs big time. I actually yeah. oh, I love the video. Oh my oh, gosh, yeah. MTV. Oh. Well, like all that classic. like such hammer because like the uh, the claymation. I was heavy, mm -hmm. heavy into claymation. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's and one of my biggest influences. Yeah, really, like, uh, over the years, and uh, you are so, he's so creative. Oh yeah, he's just he's so creative. So yeah, that's that's kind of uh, now. I I must admit, I like uh, Genesis better with Peter Gabriel than after. Yeah, it was it was it kind of evolved into something by 1980 that was a little different than it was. 
starting out at, you know. So Phil was really in the group commercial. still. Was Phil yeah, still in the, the group original, or? the original guy, three members of Genesis still stayed with the band, but the uh, Steve Hackett left and joined the band. Yes, yes. And I, Peter Gabriel went out solo, and then the other three guys stuck with the band, you right? Know, and uh, all the way up till basically till when they just stopped performing. So. Right, and then Phil Collins kind of went on his own and did uh, phenomenally. I heard him touring. I heard he. I heard he's not doing very well health wise, but he is going out on tour. Well, the name of his tour is the Not Dead Yet tour. Right. Yeah. He has a great sense. Is it true in the still the night is about a kid that he witnessed drowning or something like that or something to that? Oh, the uh, uh, I can feel it. uh, Yes, coming here. I've heard two explanations. Can somebody please? That's what I heard. I heard about it was about when he was a kid. He witnessed uh, a friend of his drowned. Uh, and I think that's pretty much a true story. Yeah. But every time you hear that song in movies, it's always like a love scene or something like that. Though. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really a love song. It was kind <laughs> well, of a frightening song. Yeah. yeah. The, the thing yeah. is, like, if you listen to lyrics to some songs, and I'm not specifically talking about your songs, but like just in general, sometimes the melody uh, betrays the less like like what the song's actually about, and people don't realize. A good example of that, or that's a real popular song from the '80s, would be. Uh, uh, the, the police um, uh, every breath you take yeah exactly yeah, yeah, that's it wasn't a about song. what people thought it was about yeah so it's not like a stalker song yeah, it is a yeah song. right yeah. Okay, well yeah. There, there's that and then uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town is also a stalker song yes it right. is yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know when you're sleeping I know when you're awake yeah, that's yeah. not good I know <laughs> if you've been bad or good so be good for goodness sake <laughs> see that's <laughs> it's crazy right it, it, it's crazy it's, it's very creepy sing along kids yeah yeah you know, well, like, uh, but there's a lot of these songs that are out there that, like, if you listen to the lyrics, uh, you kind of rediscover it mm-hmm. um, because you go, oh, this is a groovy beat and you can dance to it. And then you listen to it and you're like, oh, this is kind of deep. Yep. As you got older, yeah. you, yep. Yeah, yeah. Like Mary Jane, I always thought that was about a girl. You know what I'm saying? And I actually got, I was like, okay, this is, this is about pot. I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what, is there any song that uh, you just will not perform because you've done it so many times? I don't do any of my early stuff at all because it doesn't really match what we're doing now. But I don't love the, that stuff. The early stuff, which was more, some of it kind of had like more of a twangy country like kind of sound to it, like a a punky country sound to it. The songs were really catchy. That was the problem. But I just don't want to go back and revisit those. I'm one of those artists that always likes to kind of go forward with my music. Mm-hmm. Try to come up with new stuff and new sounds and new beats because I, like I, I do a lot of stuff. Yeah, I write songs kind of like how a hip hop artist writes a song. I write a, I write a lot of stuff around like a real weird beat loop mm-hmm. or, 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 or a real weird like a sound, and then I can go from there. Or I'll just get the song in my head and try to make it on put it on tape however I can as close as possible. So now the the nice thing dope. with me is like a lot of times I'll. Um, be asleep I'll wake up and I'll write down like a joke mm-hmm. um, do you have instances where it just like automatically just pops into your head and you're like oh I gotta get this down that's happened in the middle of the night I wrote uh, well, I was some song that I had in a dream and I woke up in the middle of the night and wrote it down and the next morning I, I didn't have to work that day I vividly remember not having to work that day and I stayed home the entire day recording the entire song and I, wow. I can't remember what song it was. I think it was called Failure at the Power Plant. It's, you could find it See, on uh, Spop. Uh, look at them titles, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it's I, a weird song. It's yeah. really, really weird. It's catchy, but it's like spacey weird. That's big. <laughs> do, do your titles tend to have anything to do with the song? or are Well, they- that song was kind of about... Uh, 
the government, you know, uh, and it, it doesn't really always come. I don't really mean to start off sounding like writing about any particular thing. In, in, sometimes I just write things and then you look back and you go, oh, wow, that's about that thing, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't realize it as I'm I don't sit down and say, I'm going to write a song about Donald Trump. I would never do that because I'm not thinking about that. I just sometimes I get a melody in my head or a song in my head. I'll get something in my head and when it's done and finished that's when I sit back and go oh my god that's I didn't realize that's what I was talking about you know I've written a good example like I've done things on accident where if you guys get on uh, YouTube you can find a song of mine called Attacked by Spiders or if you if the song is played backwards and there is a version of it available on YouTube backwards I'm talking in complete sentences about people being robots living in a fake life and how the government is controlling you. And I didn't write this song like that. It was just a nonsensical song where I it's just, and the song was just, we titled it Attacked by Spiders. So, yeah. See, because it almost sounds wow. to me like you almost uh, do, like, pull Michael Nesmith, where, like, sometimes the song, uh, the title has nothing to do with the song. That's, uh, yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of sit back and say, well, you know, I like I, that that name. And it doesn't yeah. really have anything to do with the song because it's nowhere in the song. It's not repeated anywhere over and over again. So that's really, yeah, I do that a lot. Yeah, see, and is do you think that was, uh, uh, where, where did you come up with the idea to do that? Oh, I don't know. I don't think it's really something I think about either. It just happens. I just, yeah, you know, sometimes I'll think about something and I'll, I'll say like, uh, I'm going to call that one Arrival at Ison, Arrival of Ison 5. <laughs> you know, and people don't know what Ison 5 was, but it was a comet that was heading towards our planet years ago that almost wiped us out. So I, I got to bring in, um, now, we haven't heard from you in a while. <laughs> oh, I, I dipped out for a little bit of a, uh, you know, Yes. Oh yeah. Well, you know. Microphone. You have to speak into the microphone. I I just wanted to plug in here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I was I was out uh, taking a little bit of a break, and uh, yeah, I I just wanted to talk about this shirt I'm wearing. It's. Uh, yeah, if you could be a little closer to the mic. I I picked this uh this shirt that I'm wearing up at uh, Target, and it says Purple Rain. And it's on. Uh, a completely black t-shirt and it's got purple writing exactly the way that it was on the album. on the album mm-hmm. cover yeah. yes so what is it like to work with this guy kenny you know what i i, th- I think it's uh an, an adventure and uh, also it's it's been a real pleasure you know to to uh to kind of serve in a way and you know it's kind of cool so with the recording sessions and and, and things of that nature um how i don't know uh it it's just how quickly do you guys like um know this is how we're gonna record this it's really funny because that process has been really kind of hilarious in the past where last year when we were recording our latest record i was standing over our bass player on one side and henry was standing over him on the other side and we were saying one two three switch one two three back one two it's uh we make people do it we force them to we force the musicians to learn it and we stand over their heads with a machine Shetty and serious slave driver is what you're saying well yeah it's like when I write the songs I want them to sound a certain way and if they can't be played the certain way I'll play them myself you know I'll play the part myself on the keyboard or you know whatever the instrument is now what instruments do you play 
Oh, a lot of different instruments. Well, I, yeah, yeah. Because um, I've seen you on keyboard. I've seen you on guitar. I've seen you. Uh, gosh, he's versed in he's versed in drums and and everything. Really, he's he's you know he's also played uh, cello. Cello. Yeah, we were. Yeah, uh, yeah we were, were talking, talking about, about that. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, but play harmonica. Uh, too. I used to play harmonica a lot, but not really much anymore. Now, that's my nice. my primary instrument, the one that I first learned on, was the trombone. Oh, see, yeah, okay. yeah. See, I, I did that, and then I went to trumpet and cornet and um, yeah, that sort of thing. But I was genuinely mediocre. I could play like eight instruments, but I was genuinely mediocre at all of them. Um, so I admire you because you actually have the talent to pull it off, right? Oh, well, thank you. And play it well. Oh, thank you so much. I, I, I sound like cats dying uh, when I'm playing the trumpet. <laughs> I've never been able to play any wind instruments at all. Yeah, I, I can't do woodwind at all. Uh, but like if brass, yeah, that, that was fine. And I, I just sat at the, uh, well, I used to play xylophone, so piano was uh, was actually okay. Because uh, the notes are the same. So right, it became right, easier. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your um, favorite song that, to listen to just right now? Do you have a request? Oh, they come of, of whose? Anybody? Of yours. Oh, of mine? Yes. Oh, God, none of them. Uh, you know, you uh, mentioned Attacked by Spiders oh, earlier. Oh, yeah, Attacked well, by, attack by Spiders. I like, yeah, yeah Attacked by Spiders is, is cool. Yeah. We don't have to play it backwards, do we? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, play it forward. Please. Hey, hey, no. I've been thinking 
This is By The Way, I'm Johnny Korn, by the way, and by the way, we're here, by the way, with Kenny Thomas. Yes, sir. Of Kenny Thomas and the Southern Baptist. Uh, of course, we have Reginald. Hey. Reggie Shorter. <laughs> Am I the only one that calls you Reginald? I don't know. Sometimes, yeah, but I think, and then, yeah, I looked at you too, like, like. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, so, Kenny. Oh, no. Uh, you are like king of the four-hour fade after a song. Like the song itself, you know, will be pretty jamming and, and the whole thing. And then your fade goes. I just like what we were talking about during the break. I, I like during when I wanted, when I was on KSCO the other day, they asked me the same question. They said, uh, "What makes you write this such weird music?" And I just said, "Well, it's you know, it's marijuana." And I said, "I yeah, think to myself, sure. hey, that sounds pretty good. When I'm stoned, I am assuming everybody else is going to think the same thing. So that's." That's where those weird fade outs and uh, <laughs> drone sounds come from. Now, I could just imagine you in concert. And do you remember the, the, the TV shows that like the 1960s and 70s when they would play the music? And then at the end of it, the, during the fade, the audience would just... Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, it was so uh, fake. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, are your concerts like that? We <laughs> do fade outs live, yeah. No, we don't. We, we do cold endings. <laughs> well, it, it's funny because like there's a scene in Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, which, uh, from what I understand, actually happened, where uh, they they get on top of the pops one of these shows, and yeah. and everything is fake. Like right. and they're upset about this because they're oh we're gonna play live, and it's like no, this is the BBC. We don't do live. Yeah, that show in particular did that to all the bands. And the band that got on that show and completely made fun of it and switched instruments and jumped around like idiots the whole time lip-syncing their music was a band called Iron Maiden. Oh. They came on and made fun of their own music because they wanted to play it live and the show wouldn't let them. Now, I've never heard of Iron Maiden. Hmm. Uh, it's true really? they never made it big. Oh, the, yeah. the Iron Maiden? They were pretty yeah. obscure. <laughs> yeah, they're very obscure band. You're bringing up all the obscure bands. <laughs> yeah. We, we talked about uh, your influences include uh, quite an array. Oh, yeah. I'm into all kinds of different music. Uh, and I think most musicians are. Yeah, but I like, you know, I'm one of those weird dudes that keeps up with a lot of the newer stuff, too. I like, a, but today, I don't think that... Uh, like alternative rock music is there's there are only a couple of real interesting bands like empire of the sun or yes. boy and bear but then i get into this area where you know i'm a 51 year old man and i really really enjoy listening to the newer kids and the new sound of hip-hop i'm really digging like migos and future and calvin harris and you know all these newer guys i think that's the future of music it's really taking it somewhere else right now is there anybody that you don't like because you oh, seem like you're pretty cool about everything. Like I'm pretty much like a lot of stuff. The only like, who'd kind you of, change? Like, the only like, kind of like, stuff. Oh, like oh, Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, I hate oh. her. I think she's horrible. But then on the she other end of the know. spectrum, I love Lady Gaga because there's content in her music and she's well, really talented. But Taylor she's Swift gorgeous. writes for 13-year-old girls. Yeah. That's, that's so true. So that's why I don't. I can't get into you know, her. Let me say this about Taylor Swift. And, and, I, and you can send the complaints... To Echo Plex Media. No, yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, you can. Because we're going to ignore them. Um, but but here's the, here's the thing about Taylor Swift. Her, uh, she goes like, uh, shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. Well, she writes a whole song about shaking it off. She's not really shaking it off. You know what I mean? It, Her skinny ass ain't shaking nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, uh, she's very, uh, she comes across to me uh, as very thin skinned. 
Well, yeah, her music, when I hear it on the radio, which is, you know, on the pop radio stations, the five minutes I can handle it, is uh, <laughs> it's all written It's all written about, like, from the perspective of a teenage girl, and this woman's in her 30s now, mm-hmm. and she's still writing songs about how sexy she is and how great she is, her little mini skirts and her lipstick and all that. It's like, you know, write something with some... You're no Tori Amos, honey. Yeah. You have to write something with some some, uh, some content, exactly. some yeah. structure. Yeah, the sixth grader writing songs. Yeah. Exactly. Don't gear it towards adults when you're not. Yeah, you're so fan, we need Johnny. sustenance. Well, and and here's the thing, like lyrically. Now, do you write when you write something? Do you usually write lyrics first, music first, or does it matter on? The you know what? Sometimes it all comes together at the same time. No kidding. Really? I'll actually have the tune nice. in my head and I'll go three minutes later it's written now a lot of times I'll go back and definitely change things yeah, and adjust things put the right words where they belong but most of the time when I get a tune in my head I will rush in and you know here's the roughly what it, here's kind of what it sounds like here's the beat here's That's the badass. Beat, and then get back to it you know so when when uh, we uh, he comes up with a song and, and gives it to the band uh, what what is that like? How does that go? Right. Well, uh, sometimes we have uh, some stuff that comes from like maybe an earlier project that we might have had, and uh, uh, then there's also the ones that we per- we contribute in. Um, when we make a punch it's a recording that goes with uh, another track that's already previously recorded so layered track like so multi-layered when dan says a punch in a lot of times i'll just have the band come and and do what's called a punch in where they just play just their part got and it and they're done you know like dan i'll say dan could you play something right here just for two minutes and he'll play exactly what i want him to play and then it's punched out yeah it's so fun actually when we actually participate in the uh, actual structure of the 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 sound you know i wanted to uh put something out there that that just captured the the whole essence of the band not just uh putting a stamp you know it's got to be a really good punch for me you know i i like going back and making sure that it's done right but you know this last one it was a punch done right the first time that's what i like with industry terms like uh punching and stuff like that thank you for explaining what it is oh well you're welcome see when, yeah. when dan's talking about is that we're he is referring to a song we're working on right now but we've been working on this song for six months and it's not like we're working on it every day no. i did a bunch of parts for this song had dan come and put his part in our lead guitarist mike put his part in but now it needs to have a bass while well, our bass player had a heart attack mm-hmm. so more than likely i will be the one putting in the if i want to release this song soon which i'm in really no hurry to put it's a good song right but i'm really in no hurry to put it out right at this at this point so <laughs> what, what was that i have no idea i'm i have good gas i'm sorry oh <laughs> excuse me so reggie uh what what uh, is there any particular song of, of Kenny's that just speaks to you? I was going to say Chocolate, man. I love that one. Yeah. I was going to oh, say all you. the work you did on that, that Comedy of the Corn project. I mean, all that stuff. I mean, I was going to say you guys together, you know, which oh. you course, yeah. I was going to say you guys did amazing jobs. Oh, you know, thank that's you definitely, so much, Reggie. You know, incredible work. You know, I mean, you guys, you could tell you guys have a good chemistry, you know, and, that, oh. and, and that's what it's about as far as like groups go. Because you can see a lot of bands 
they don't hang out with each other. You know, like you can totally tell when they come off stage, it sucks. You know oh, what I'm saying? Yeah, so you yeah. can tell that you guys can actually <laughs> hang out with each other. We've seen the chemistry. Oh, yeah, that's them. important. Yeah. That's really important that you know, we're all friends. Now, uh, Comedy of the Corn was a movie that Reggie and I were in, and Kenny did uh, the soundtrack uh, to that movie. Awesome. And um, so it, it turned out really, really nicely. Oh, thank you. That um, was yeah. such a hey, funny for the, movie. For the 25 so. people that actually saw that movie. That was a hilarious it, movie. It oh, was it, really it, We love that. I died. It, it was oh. one of those movies I wish uh, I wish more people saw it, but it was funny. It, it, Reggie oh, was still available, right? Uh, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm going to have to ask Michael um, Gilkison, the director. About yeah, there's crime. so much stuff on Netflix, man. I wish I would love to get that thing on Netflix because no, no offense to nothing else, but I'm pretty sure it could fit right there next to anything. Oh, yeah. A lot of projects that are on there right now. Uh, Reggie, you, you like chocolate. Why don't we go ahead and play chocolate and uh, we'll be back on the other side. This is, by the way. Yeah.
This is Kenny Thomas and the Southern Baptist. That's what you're hearing right now. And this is, by the way, I'm Johnny Korn. And we just happen to have the guy that sung that song here in the audience. The guy is so cool for school that he wears sunglasses indoors. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Kenny Thomas. <laughs> Thanks for having us on the show. Thank you so much. And, of course, my comedy husband, uh, <laughs> Reggie Shorter. Reggie Shorter, how's it going? Kenny Thomas, way to be in here. You yeah, are the coolest they, they all day long sunglass wearing <laughs> person that I know on this planet. You know why I call you my comedy husband? I know. Because uh, Juicy, uh, Juicy Delight came up with that because well, she goes, like, you guys are always working together. She, he's like your comedy husband. That's crazy. And, and so I'm going, like, Crank that, Ray, man. I, I like it. Like the ebony and ivory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Right. Oh. So, do you have a favorite song, uh, just not of yours, but I mean, like, just a favorite song out there that, that oh, you just so every time many. you hear it? It's oh, every like, time I hear it, oh, I get I, I get worked up by a lot of different music, you know. Uh, that's really, gosh, I don't. I, that's impossible, really. Just like, do you have like that Rocky song, like you know, like you know, when people like are in the gym, all of a sudden everybody starts working faster and stuff. Like, do you have a song in your life like that? I get really like emotional, like for yeah. with certain songs, you know. And, and I'm not talking like generic sappy songs you hear on the love radio stations. I'm talking like, uh, like Cats in the Cradle or something like oh, that. Oh, what was I listening to the other night? I was listening to some old Doobie Brothers the other oh, night from yes. the Taking It to the Streets album. And there's a song yes. called Losing End, and oh. the way that Michael. It's a story about the Saint, the St. Louis blues scene back in like the 30s is what the song's about. But right. just the melody is so beautiful and I just, I start singing along and I get these tears in my eyes, you know? It's like there's just certain songs that just really are emotionally, uh, you know what? I think it reminds me of just being a kid. I miss being a child. I miss being a kid a lot and that was, music was the most important thing to me and like the Doobie Brothers were one of my favorite bands when I was a kid. When I listen to music, I'm a lyric guy. I, I must admit, I am a lyric guy. So if there's good lyrics, I'm there, you know. But if you throw and and you know, there's some songs where the hook, uh, you get to the chorus and it's it's um, catchy and cool and different. And sometimes the song just doesn't have a whole lot else, and that's cool too. Mm -hmm. But you get into some of these songs. And and you listen to it, and the just the, the message of the song is just fantastic. It's fantastic. It's also could be the melody. It, it could be the melody that's like we were talking on KSCO the other day when I was on doing the show about uh, are there certain types of music that just grab the human ear, and are there just some that just really don't? You know, I mean, right. what makes a hit song a hit song? Or what makes a great song a great song? Is it the melody? Is it the lyrics? Is it both? You know, it's right. something to look into. You know. Yeah, and nature. I think it probably depends on the song. Yeah. So, for example, for Pete's sake, uh, "By the Monkeys," my go-to song as far as like, I want to play it at my funeral. Uh, it's it's uh, yeah, because uh, we were born to love one another, right? It's right. it's like very. It's a song about love and uh, peace and, and I'm a giant hippie so it, it's perfect uh, go to karaoke song oh uh, Sha La 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 by Al Green okay Make Me Happy by Al Green Sha Make La Me La. Nice yeah, yeah that's one of my that's, okay. I nailed that one man now everybody by now if they listen to the other two podcasts already know that mine is Ring of Fire uh, Johnny Cash oh yeah uh, and so okay so go to karaoke song a karaoke song. Yes, or do you do karaoke? Oh no, I, 
Yeah, I got one. I, I've seen it, but I, I don't have any. Oh, you've never I done? Okay. Uh, so, Reg. Uh, Humpty Dance, uh, Digital Underground. <laughs> yeah, I see my ass whooped that by my grandmother. Actually, oh, so, yeah, that's definitely yeah. stuck. Wait, wait, wait. Do the hump down. Yes. Do the hump down. Reggie, do that again. Stop what you're doing because I'm about to ruin the image of the style that you used to. That's my like The nasally. Yeah. Yeah. You've got it like spot on, man. <laughs> right right on, man. It's years of getting my butt kicked by my granny. Shout out to your grandma. Well, there's a lot of songs that I wasn't allowed to listen to because it was too um, uh, political. Uh, and my parents just did not want me listening to this stuff, particularly my dad. That's uh, it, yeah. But uh, it, it, it is interesting because I love political songs. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, Buffalo Springfield. Buffalo Springfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great That's song and relevant great. today. Uh, Daily Nightly Monkeys uh, about the curfew rights in LA. Thunderclap uh, Newman, uh, uh, come on, around mm-hmm. people. Something in the air. That was yeah. a good one. Uh, a lot of people like Bob, they didn't like Bob Dylan and, and artists like that, like the folksy artists. Well, and I, I used to listen to like uh, Peter Paul Mary. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. And uh, and Pete Seeger. Yeah. Oh, and, could you uh, play that stuff on the radio now? I think you probably could, yeah. yeah. Well, well, you know, there there is a great radio station out of Monterey, KRML, that plays all oldies, and I heard uh, a Stone Soul Picnic the other day by Fifth Dimension, and I just lost my marbles. So. <laughs> awesome, yeah. awesome. Right. I love the Fifth Dimension. Uh, you, you know, oh, by the yeah. way, I, I do do uh, parodies because I fancied myself the next Weird Al Yankovic, and so um, there's that song, uh, Age of Aquarius. Right, yeah. Uh, mine was Age of Asparagus. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. And, you know, and so I, I do, do uh, like, everybody wants to rule the world, Everyone, everybody wants to drive a car. Uh, I, I have these songs that are all like, right. so, but I never did record them. Yeah, of course, you have to get the artist's permission and all that sort of thing. There's great, there's great music from all eras, from all times. You can go back to the, 30s when recordings were first being made on these very big plate records and they right. uh, I, I, re- I recently learned where the 33 record came from how it became about I recently found out from a broadcasting front where sure. I thought I knew that because my grandfather worked for RCA records in the 40s but I didn't really know that until recently how the 33 came about how did the 33 come yeah, about I say please tell us they, they they were recording records on these big 10 inch uh, 78 records which really only played they played so fast they could only have about one three four minute song on each side and so there was a developer that came up with a way to transfer those songs to a disc that played the disc slower so a lot of these bands would actually go in and record their records on 78 right to disc and then transfer it to 33 by the time the 50s rolled around it started becoming a popular way of releasing records and that's kind of how the 45 came about because there were always there was always like one song on the record that was outstanding and so Mm -hmm. the record labels thought it would be a great idea just to release that one song how do we do it that's where the 45 came from. And the interesting thing about like uh, the 33, it, records still run today. today. I don't like uh, the digital stuff as much as the sound of, of a good, new, or good shape record. Yes. You put that needle on, and you listen to the sound, and it sounds so much better, Crispy. in my opinion. Yes. It's, it's just it's my, very my, warm. My friend who's a really well-known broadcaster, Charlie Friedman, he's a, a 
an old music just historian and he just is stuck on the sound of old 78 records that were recorded into a microphone that looked like a plate you know and uh, and the sound recordings i think are just horrible but that was like some of the first recordings ever made but he says to this day they're the best recordings ever made because they digital if, when they're transferred to digital you, you kind of lose a lot of right. that stuff like well and i i I do know that like the, the recording industry now, uh, you can do so much in a studio, whereas back in the day, uh, particularly you're taking a, tra- uh, a track and you're adding another track and another track. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good example of this is Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. where you're laying over parts upon parts upon parts, and uh, then you wear the tape out. <laughs> um, and so problems like that. I recently learned that when that was developed, the artists that took full advantage of that were uh, the Beatles. Yeah. And then the Beach Boys came along and said, we would like to do some experimenting with that recording technique. And Brian Wilson went in, and that was the first time anybody ever in the history of rock and roll had recorded their own voice against their own voice 20 times. And that's where God only knows what, yeah. I, what I'd be without you Love came that from. Song. And that was the Pet Sounds album, where when the Beatles heard that album, they went and recorded Sgt. Pepper. See, both bands inspired each other. Well, and there's yeah. a lot of that in the 60s that was going on. Um, right. And so you have that one in particular album that really, uh, or maybe two, but sometimes it's, it's two, but a lot of times it's one, where it's the definitive record for the Beach Boys, that would have been Pet Sounds. Uh, for me, for the Beatles, that would have been probably Sgt. Pepper. Right. Um, for the Monkees, it would have been Headquarters, uh, or possibly Head. Uh, if you're talking about, um, say, uh, gosh, I mean, I can go on and on. I, oh, I, I, I'm not going to Every artist, from, especially Please from that era, I talk about like how things have changed so much in music where now anybody can do it. Like I have a recording studio in my house now where I can just do everything myself. I don't have to pay a guy $10,000 to record my album when I can just do it myself. I know how. I'm a recording engineer. I can do this now. But with the equipment given to us, I'm very grateful now that we have the technology to do it all ourselves. But it did take a lot of legitimacy away from the music industry where when I was a kid and you'd go into the record store, we're all roughly the same age to a point, I'm 51, and you would go into the record store and you would see all these bands in the record store. And you would take your allowance money and you would buy your favorite artist record. And when you would pick that album up and you would look at it, in the line or whatever you're waiting to pay for it and you look at the back and you'd see all the song titles and who produced it and all that it gave it legitimacy it gave it like this is somebody important they're on a record label Mm -hmm. and now it's like anybody can do it now that there's a lot of a lot of people out there that are really really trying to get their stuff out there and that's really great but it is it's it's really changed the music industry so it's like you don't really have to work so hard to get on that that they don't really exist anymore well that's true and the record um and and djs there are two two gatekeepers you had Mm -hmm. the record industry we also had the djs and so the djs could be like a Mm -hmm. uh, a a king maker and so could the record industry now everybody can put out content but the thing is and i'm going to ask you a question momentarily um i don't know about you I myself feel like the best music around are people like yourself who are um, kind of that underground sound, kind of that, that sound that's not like mm-hmm. you're you're not as well known as, say, Taylor Swift. Right. Oh, well, yeah. thank you. Well, that's, that's exactly how I feel about the artists I hear on this station and on Echoplex uh, and Local Love and all the different shows here because 
there's so much talent that you hear on this station that you will not hear on commercial radio and that's such a shame but it might be for the good it might be for the, because this is where real content is mm-hmm. and real artists are well and that's true Echoplex really is really good at putting on um, and supporting and loving the local artists and because they love yeah. music and that's yeah. the most important thing to me that's why I, I've always supported the station since day one because of the reality of just they really honestly do love the artists that they play and I've, I've always had the uh, great opportunity uh, I always love to take up on the great opportunity to actually uh, be in uh, anything that I can work with any of these musicians in whether it be music videos or on stage you know whatever because uh, I just admire them so much and I've heard some content on this that I, I never heard these people before and uh, now I'm listening to these people yeah, yeah there are some incredible artists that are in rotation here have you ever wrote for anybody I was going to ask you that sorry for other people you know what I a couple of times I think I was asked, asked to do things there was one guy that asked me to do a ridiculous project and I turned him down and he got I was asked to do something very silly last year I thought I get sometimes people get these ideas in their head and they th- think that everybody else is on their page and they're just really not and I was approached by a guy from Monterey that wrote this song where he wanted all these people to be involved and he wanted me to record my part of the song and do all this and all that I said you know when I was done looking at the and he sent me an actual video of him talking to me on the video saying look this is really what I want and I said you're crazy you know it's like (laughs) there are some people that they have these ideas but they don't really have the talent or the way to get it down so they try to utilize other people that have that that's okay because i understand i don't know how to put drywall in worth of crap (laughs) so that's why i call the drywall guy but then you know he doesn't know how to write a song so that's why or work in radio so that's why where i come in so now how do you feel about um artists uh doing covers of other artists uh, I don't mind that as much as I mind going to a nightclub, especially here in the San Jose area, and that's all I see. That irritates me beyond belief because to me it's like bands playing make-believe. Right. You have musical ability, but you don't have musical creativity is what that is to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you make a living playing other people's music, you should be paying royalties on what you're getting paid from the nightclub right. to do that's so. That's right. Uh, I, yeah, I agree with and this 100%. town in particular is really bad with it. It's called. It's a very phony scene. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, in, in my humble opinion, you get uh, someone like um, CCR doing Proud Mary, and then you get Tina Turner doing Proud Mary, and they're completely different from each other, but they're both outstanding in their own right. Well, yeah, that's different than like going out to. Uh, Those are tributary. Yeah, yes. I, well, a good example of this is um, that that's one really good example. Another uh, good example is uh, "I'm a Believer" was actually a. It was a uh, John Stewart song. No, that was "Daydream Believer." Was. Daydream Believer. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, and that's one that we, yeah we can talk about that song too. Uh, but I was thinking I'm a Believer which was a Neil Diamond song oh that's right yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he had it very very slow well then right. I think about I Heard It Through the Grapevine which right. was a Marvin Gaye song that Gladys Knight had a huge hit with and, and then the other the different. other uh, it was it was the uh, uh, Otis Redding Respect Respect yeah and it's interesting because Respect with Otis Redding came out a year before right just a year before Aretha Franklin but Aretha Franklin 
is a woman singing about getting respect as opposed to a man singing about respect and that made all the difference in the world. It made it into a yeah, huge sure hit. Where Otis had a huge hit anthem. with it. Otis had a big hit with it, but they were both on the same record label, Atlantic Records, right. and they he had a big hit with it, but when she took the song and rearranged it and then added the bridge part, yeah, R-E-S-P-C- R-E-S-P-C- I mean, it just broke people. It just went mm-hmm. through the roof on the charts. Uh, yeah, and, and that, it, so it was just an anthem for that time, which I think is fantastic. Uh, I do mind when I, like, li- like I'm at a um, festival, we'll say. Uh, here in Campbell, you get a, these, like, festivals where mm-hmm. you have, like, a, a band here, a band there, and then, uh, you know, you're drinking beer and you're getting drunk and all that. And listening um, to the different bands, and if they're going like playing "Let It Be," it's like or or uh, you know "Daydream Believer" or um, gosh, any any of the, the songs, the Beach amazing. Boys, you know, mm-hmm. "God Only Knows," which we meant. It's like you know what that that, that just grates on my nerves so I understand where right. you're coming from yeah it was a while back I saw a, a girl trying to nail an old Dion Warwick song and it just I thought I just wanted to kill her you know, do you know I your just, way to San Jose pardon me oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh apparently she did not no, know her way to San Jose it. at that time I was but a, she no knows I'm sure she could find her way no. <laughs> yeah, certain things just. If you listen to the lyrics to that song now, it's like it has nothing to do with San Jose no, as no. it is now. No, it, I, I just heard it on the radio the other day, actually. I heard Do You Know the Way the other day, and it definitely has nothing to do Because it, it was <laughs> San Jose at that particular well, moment in time. Town. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, you know, it, there was nothing going on here in 1967. Yeah. And now we have well over a million people Well, that here was and, written by Burt Bacharach, and he right. wrote a lot of those bouncy type of very happy songs, like, you know, Aretha Franklin even did one of his songs, uh, Little Prayer, Say a Little Prayer for You. Yeah, and it's, you wrote that? Yeah, Burt Bacharach wrote that, and Dionne Warwick first had a hit, and Aretha Franklin went in and rearranged that one. The thing is, whenever Aretha Franklin would get her hands on a song... Oh, she made it hers. Yes. It didn't matter if it was done by someone else or not. It was like... And so I I find it a real shame when people say, like, I've never heard of da-da-da. How can you not hear of the the greats? Like, uh, well, Aretha Franklin came up. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. But who's Aretha Franklin when she died? And they're doing all these tributes, and I'm like, yeah, oh my don't, God. Don't say that to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I, in fact, I think somebody called when I was on the air over at KSCO, and I, I think I laid into him about not knowing who she was. Right. I said, there's no excuse for that unless you're 13 years or younger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I don't know who this great woman she sung was. In the Wiz. Remember, she's in The Wiz. She sung uh, Respect oh, in the Wiz. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, my, my favorite yeah, love, scene with her. her is uh, Blues Brothers. Oh, uh, and, yeah. yeah. Where she's Mac Guitar Murphy was her husband. Yes. Ironically enough, Mac Guitar Murphy died like a couple of months before she died, ironically enough. Oh, that's they, interesting. They passed around at the same time uh, last year. Your uh, favorite, um, like favorite artist that you just think is just nailing it right now? Uh, other local. Oh, right now? Yeah, other oh, local. What I, the, well, there's a band right now I just adore called uh, Empire of the Sun. Yeah. They're from Australia. Band. Yeah, they're, they're, they write these really beautiful melodic, just gorgeous songs. But then they dress in these really weird costumes, like these these oddball robe type, like futuristic. And they just it's very robust and colorful. Just, colorful. Their view. Their videos are just. You watch them and they're stunning. They're just beautifully done. The videos from this band. Now, do you have you had uh, music videos? Speaking of which, oh, we have a lot of music videos. Yeah, and yeah. where can people find those? Oh, on YouTube mostly. There's a That's lot of videos them. on uh, Reverb Nation. I think there's some of our videos. They're they're on different platforms too. 
And you, uh, do you like performing better than recording or recording better than, or is it like the same? I, I have, it's different. Recording is like something I really, really get into because I really, really get into it and I can't <laughs> wait to, I can't wait to just, you know, really make what I'm hearing come to life, right? But I enjoy performing because I really enjoy interacting with an audience, much like yes. you guys do comedy. Mm-hmm. I love being in front of an audience. I love talking to people. I love knowing where they're from and you know, telling jokes between songs. I love that. Weirdest place you've ever performed? Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, there's a place in SoCal called, I don't want to... The Ugly Mug, that was a weird show because we thought they were going to like us. That was years ago, though. Uh, I've played a couple of weird places. I uh, Didn't we walk out of a show? A couple. I've walked out of a couple of shows because I walked into the place and said, oh, no, that's okay. Let's just pack it up and go. It, it, it's just like a white, trashy, dumpy place bar where they make it look real cool when you book it and then you get there and you go, right. oh, my God. My bass yeah. player won't even fit through the front door, you know. Dang. Well, here's here's something that actually happened to me. I, I and I don't know what city it was in anymore because this is a while ago. But I, I walk into a bar. Uh, they had me uh, along with other comedians booked for the show, and there's this giant Confederate flag that's uh, in the back. And I'm talking; it's the biggest flag I've ever seen in my life. And this is in California. And so I go in, and uh, my entire thing was like, "Ooh, celebrating coming in uh, second place!" I see, yeah. uh, and I just, you know, uh, just did this whole routine, uh, and then uh, I had to, and then security kind of helped me get yeah, out yeah, of the building. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so for me, that was that was. The I stole I, I, that joke from you, but I added to it a while back. I said your team came in second place, but that's okay. I heard LeBron's going to be available next year, so maybe oh. maybe they'll trade him. Yeah. Yep, yep. I make it worse by you know putting the lemon juice on it. <laughs> you, know. well, you, you, know, you do tenderize it a little bit. You tenderize it. A you know, little I'm bit. not on stage. What well, the heck? <laughs> I, I I do like uh, like stirring the pot. I, I just thoroughly enjoy stirring the pot. And Reggie knows this about me. Yes, you do. Yes, uh, you do. I mean, we've Johnny. What's the word I could use to see some strong? Uh Sometimes he just doesn't care. I mean, like I know we've had, we've yes. been in some pretty uh, not so great venues, and um, he's handled it very well. We laughed it off when we got in the car, though. But yeah, there's well, some places that we may not never go back, and it's okay. We well, appreciate which, it, which is know. fine because like if, if the person's being an idiot, they're being an idiot. Well, well, tell you, them. You guys, Once one, always one. The thing about you guys is doing comedy is way more difficult than being in a band. I got six dudes behind me. We can just go either hide together, or you know, we're getting in a fight together, one or the other. <laughs> if there's just one. You guys, you know, or you know what I mean. Comedy, right, right. Right. you get all the darts. That is true. Yeah, you do get play, all the darts. I play. mean, it's well, this is like this trend in comedy, like in the last few years, where they're just letting it go on anywhere at any dumpy nightclub right. asshole on the West Coast is having comedy, and the shows usually don't last for long. And well, and that's why, like, when I'm producing comedy, I make sure that it's quality content because what's going to bring people back? You have to have a good venue. And you have to have uh, a good lineup. And if you don't have uh, either one of those things, you've got a problem. Yep. Right. And um, so Grapes of Laugh has been going on for, what, two and a half years now? Right. Yeah. And uh, that's taken off. Uh, I did the old Off the Hook, which I'm so glad I'm out of there. Um, you know, I, I'm at a venue now where um, people have most, if not all, of their teeth. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, people <laughs> no. go there to see a show and enjoy good food and they have wine there and it's right. it's a nicer venue for what you're trying to do. An audience that actually goes to be entertained as opposed to 
an audience of people that are not an audience that just go to this place to get drunk. And if you weren't there, they would be there getting drunk. Yes. Anyway, yeah. You, now, uh, years ago, uh, you were my sound person on Off the Hook for a while. We did the Off the Hook Comedy Showcase. You did the sound on it for for a time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I loved that format. I thought it was a fantastic format. I just wish that um, the venue... Well, we're not going to go there. I, I don't like it when a bartender comes out and tells me what to do after I just got electrocuted by her faulty alarm. Oh, yeah, that's true. And I got well, knocked across the room and my hair was four feet sticking out every different direction. <laughs> Holy, this totally happened. It really happened. Yeah. I got electrocuted yeah. and then this woman came out and kicked my equipment and told me to get it out of her way. She's a bartender serving a bunch of drunks. Oh, she, see, things like, uh, I remember. Probably uh, the same person in mind. Yes, yeah. it is the same I, person. I think it is the of. same person. And the reason why I say that is because I know exactly who he's thinking about. And yes, you're right. Because there was a, a time when um, like, uh, some people that came there for the audience went up to the bar to go get food because they wouldn't uh, serve it. Or not food, a drink. Because they wouldn't serve it uh, at the tables. Right. So they go up there to go get the food. And the person's um, like talking about, oh, I don't understand why we have this comedy here and um, saying this to a person who came for the comedy well this off the hook nightclub whatever they call themselves this white trash hub over around the corner where there's you know there's only 10 people from Arkansas living in this entire area but they all go right there to get well, I'm not sure how they're still in business <laughs> yeah and they all know each other because of their methamphetamine connections and you know they're all buddies because they're up till 4 in the morning and well with the shopping cart but the thing is, is that this place when you have a venue that's grateful for what you're doing you try to go back there yeah yep. well and and uh i'll say tesoras which is uh, i'm gonna give a shout out to them because they are the ones that actually um are my partner in crime they're the ones that are my yes. venue partner and uh, they have been fantastic carol i'm dedicating She's the show great. to you you're awesome I, mm-hmm. I just say you know i want you guys to all know everybody in this room entertainment is a business okay no matter what i don't care if you just start i know you everybody we all do it for the love i do i love playing music I love making people laugh. Okay, I love I love just doing something besides yelling about the president, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and abortion or whatever. I just right. don't want it. Everybody's too negative. And, but entertainment is a business. Yes, it is. Okay, right. and what you're doing is you're going in there and you're bringing people to that venue. They are making money from you. Yes. Okay, they're selling alcohol, they're selling food while you're on that stage. You... And the other performers all should be compensated for what you do. Right. You didn't need right. to pay me last month. You know how pissed I was when I got in the car and you gave me like 20 bucks? I'm like, that's probably all the money these guys made the other night or like tonight. Or I less. I was upset. You shouldn't have given me that money. You should have given it to this guy and Evelyn and Carrie. You know what I mean? And Carrie and everybody because the reason why is because I don't think i deserve to get paid i'm not really a stand-up comic you no, guys but you are. hosted the hell out of that show but it was i, I was just the roast having, i was yeah. just stoned and having fun and seeing my friends i don't get to see as much as i want to that's what it was an excuse for me to go do just to see you guys and hang out with you and that well, was really fun. Fun. So fun that was really well, fun you. johnny hell yeah you're thank obviously you. a big fan of comedy and we gotta uh we gotta go because like we're going to be running out of time very okay. very shortly uh so the question i have i know time flies i you're talking to you like time just to- totally flies what uh, what song do you think we should uh, uh, end this with? What, what what do you think this would be like? Epic to put the stamp on. Oh, it. if you guys have yes. earwigs or. Ooh, yes, that's actually a really good song. 
It's not. Um, it's not too weird. I think it could. Uh, no, I think it's a fantastic. Fly as song. a bumper out. Yeah, yeah. We call it a bumper out in commercial. We're well, take a bumper we do, out and I'm not uh, cool. going there because uh, I, you know, over the air. If I say that, people have no idea what I'm talking. They don't know about. what a walk up or a ramp is right, or right, any of that. Right. Yeah, I had to explain that the other day too. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, where can people find your music? Oh, uh, Kenny Thomas and the Southern Baptist at iTunes or at YouTube. Uh, you can Google us. Go to Facebook. Dot com Kenny Thomas and the Southern Baptist add me as a friend I talk to everybody I hang out with as many people as I can come okay, up to the mountains and visit me over in Morgan Hill and he's just a cool cat and pet the goats and uh, Reggie where can people find your stand up uh, miscellaneous content what have you sure uh, my name is Reggie Shorter uh, you can find me Reggie Shorter at um, Facebook Instagram Twitter IG uh Shoot, definitely. Um, this awesome radio show here. I mean, you know, you can find me here. Uh, I have a show Monday, uh, Lily Max. Uh, well, you could come in there. Right. Uh, the thing is, we don't um, know when people will hear this, but uh, oh, so just in general, uh, if people oh, want to see where short, you're at, short, shorter than you.com or YouTube, definitely. Okay, awesome. And I'm I'm Johnny Corn. Uh, my um, everything's up on johnnycorn.net, uh, including all of my social media. You have videos of me up there. There's even a music video that I'm in uh, that's up on there, yes. as well as uh, the TV show uh, West Coast Songwriters. Um, that there's an episode of that that's up there. Uh, so any of the content johnnycorn.net you guys have been awesome to Kenny Thomas and the Southern Baptists oh thank you guys for having us in thank you so much we love you guys thanks to Echoplex and uh, thanks to both you guys thank you so much have a great tomorrow guys thank you this is one this is step number one